Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for entrepreneurs who are hungry for impact and doing business their own way. I'm Cindy Van Arnhem, your rebellious leader for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to activate their limitless wealth through the power of self-mastery. The key to claiming your potential, trusting your wisdom, and creating infinite possibility in your world. I am so excited to dive into yet another epic Rebel Radio conversation with my dear friend, colleague, Tyler Foley. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Cindy, it's just I, you and I. You know, I love coming on. I love having our conversations. I'm I'm excited for this one because I get to swear. Yes, fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Feels good. So, tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh, uh, really briefly, I am a father, husband, entrepreneur, author, speaker, Weezer fan, seeker of beaches, in that order. And tell us about the book that you wrote. Oh, Power to Speak Naked is uh, a deep dive into the incredibly weird brain of mine uh, and how it is that I can stand up on stage and not care mm -hmm. uh, to be like, because everybody talks about it, right? It's the number one fear over death. And you're like, how can that possibly be? It's actually not the number one fear in the world. Apparently, the number one fear of the world is a fear of heights, a uh, fear oh. of falling. And then it's... Um, public speaking and then death, but public speaking <laughs> over death, which leads to the great Seinfeld joke that it means that you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy, which to me just blows my mind. Yeah, so, yeah. And so, I remember the first time I saw you speak, it was a, a few years ago, and yeah. I was just fascinated because you're so comfortable up there. I, thank you, and yes, I really am. It's, it's So the thing is, is uh, I've been in, on stage since I was six years old mm -hmm. and it, it's home for me. Yeah. Like I, I, I would do anything and everything to get on stage mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter in what aspect of it. I just, I love performance. I love to entertain. I love being with a crowd. Like it is, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's home. It's, it's a comfort zone for me, mm -hmm. which is again, ironic because so many people are the exact opposite of that. Like I'm willing to admit I'm the weird one, <laughs> but the problem when you're weird is you look at other people and you go, you're weird. And what are like, you freaking out about? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, no, where I'm, I am the majority. You are not, <laughs> sir. And I go, but what? No, no, right. you're weird. So like, it, it's hard to step outside of my lens. So when I wrote the book, it was kind of a reverse engineering of how it is that I came to have this gift and this ability mm -hmm. and then see if there was a way that I could rapidly teach people how to find this comfort because it's not hard. Mm -hmm. And especially for me, because again, starting on stage, I started before I knew I needed to be afraid of it. And I, a lot of people don't understand they've been conditioned to think that that's a thing. Right. Yeah, I and love that. It, yeah, and it's and it's reprogramming that conditioning, that false narrative that you're given um, to be afraid of of the stage. And it starts with even the fact that, like, I will admit that stage fright is a real thing. Mm -hmm. 
but everybody who says that they're afraid of public speaking is lying to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I can disprove it right now. You ready, Cindy? I'm ready. I want anybody out there who's listening in every country in the world, except for North Korea, <laughs> to think of the last time they were at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Were you able to order food? Oh, public speaking. Yeah, that's right. You did. And what's and the, the best is, is when people are like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I, I'm afraid of speaking to strangers. And I'm like, did you know your wait staff before you ordered your food? Because <laughs> if you didn't know your wait staff, you spoke to a stranger. Yeah, but I'm really afraid to ask for what I want. So you ordered food you didn't want? <laughs> like the restaurant thing destroys every myth around public speaking it in does. one second. Because you you were speaking in public to a stranger, asked for what you want, and you got it. So there you go. If yeah. you can go to a restaurant and order food, you can speak in public. But in, and even more challenging too, like somebody like me who travels a lot, not only do I ask for what I want in public, half the time I'm asking for it in a language that I don't understand. <laughs> right? I think I want this picture. <laughs> good let's do that it looks like the least one to upset my tummy tum <laughs> so, you know like that I, I i every time i think about it I, that it's the first thing that pops into my head i'm like you are not afraid of public speaking are you do you have stage fright yes is that a real thing yes are you afraid of public speaking no you are not so stop saying it because it becomes this misdiagnosis and the reality is, is we're actually afraid of public judgment and that's what it boils down to. And when you say that you're afraid of public speaking, you spend all this time avoiding this thing that mm -hmm. isn't actually a fear, then you're not addressing the actual root cause or the base fear that's causing the anxiety. And so it's the same as misdiagnosing heartburn as a heart attack, right? right. You actually need to take some Pepto-Bismol, but you're running around trying to find defibrillators and an aspirin. That ain't going to help you. Right. So... <laughs> That's a great analogy. I love that. I love that. So before we went live, I shared a little bit of your quantum numerology with you. Yeah. And I'm curious how that landed for you. What was one of your big takeaways? Um, well, first of all, how eerily accurate it could be based on a on a on a date of birth. Now, here I've I've always believed in numerology, astrology. I do actually um, you know, I I think that it's more of a science than an art, though. Yeah. But you know, I, I recognize that there's a lot of generalities and coincidences, and and whatever. My problem is, is when you have so many stacked coincidences, you kind of go, "Oh, but is that coincidence or is that <laughs> repeatable science?" <laughs> so, right. um, yeah. yeah, no, it was it was actually really eerie when you were talking about it, especially for me being a ten. Um, and needing and happiness being my primary driver, especially wanting to be on stage. Like I said, stage is my comfort thing and I do it for free. I pay to be on stage. So money is not the motivating factor. <laughs> right? I, there was a musical that I was in uh, a year and a half ago now. And I literally, I was like, I want to be in the show. And they're like, oh, well, I'm like, if I produce the show, can I be in the show? <laughs> <laughs> anything to be on stage in your happy place anything to be on stage in my happy place and that's it so like when you were talking about um you know happiness being a motivating factor and then the arrow of of frustration where I can, frustration where i can get really uh, uh and the funny thing is is that like i'll not only tune out but i'll get like short with people who mm -hmm. i'm 
uh, you know, it's a waste of time, which ties into the numerology too. Like for me, I, I'm onto the new experience. I'm looking for the new experience. If something stagnates, it gets boring. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> I'm ready for the next adventure. Travel too. Like, yeah. I mean, half of my, more than half, three quarters of my life has been arranged around how can I have jobs that take me other places? Yeah. You know? yeah. And they're the ones that I thrive in. Anywhere where I'm stuck in a cubicle, the worst thing about COVID for me was having to be stuck in the same four walls. Right. And, and especially now with the book launch, um, the book is being um, relaunched in September. And so I'm doing podcast after podcast after I, it was one of the things I was looking forward to about being on your show. I was like, Oh, thank God. I get to have a real conversation with a friend instead of all these people who don't know me. And I've been on some great shows with some great hosts, but I've done 117 podcasts in 60 days. Holy shit. Oh, it's exhausting. That's a lot. It's ridiculous. Like they stack, you know, and you look at it and then, and then what's worse is you end up saying the same thing over and over again, which again, (laughs) Do you want to talk about numerology? Yes, please, please. <laughs> I'm all the rest of it. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's take that because that's a lot. That is, a, I mean, even for somebody who loves to speak, that is a lot. Yeah. So let's talk about that from the perspective of self-mastery because I think that kind of commitment and that kind of showing up that requires a lot of self-mastery. And I'm curious what that what that terminology means to you, to be self-masterful. Uh, so, uh, it's a, that's a great question. And I think it starts with just being aware of who you are. So one of the things, like the, uh, the buzzword, especially in the speaker industry right now, is authenticity. I hate that word. Oh, my <laughs> God. Do I ever want to drive that through the door and just beat it senselessly until it dies a slow, painful death? I hate the word authentic right now. And what I think people don't understand is authenticity is synonymous with self-awareness. Like you Mm. need to know who you are, why you are, what drives you. You need to know that you're a 10 and that your motivating factor is happiness. Yes. There's no amount of money being thrown at you is going to do anything. And until you are aware of why you do the things that you do and what those intrinsic motivating factors are, you're just going to sit spending or spinning your wheels and you won't have the ability to show up the way that you need to show up. But when you know what that is, like for me, I know that I want to be of service. Like that's, that's one of my driving things that I am what drives and makes me happy and where I find the most unique situations and changes when I can help other people out. Mm-hmm. You know, because that provides variety. It provides uh, a sense of service and accomplishment. Uh, it strokes my ego because everybody's like, oh, thanks, Tyler. You know, I needed your help. And I'm like, yeah, I was the guy you called. I needed you called. <laughs> so it, it, it serves me in a lot of different ways to be of service. Mm-hmm. And but you, until you know that. And so that's the thing, like when, you know, especially on some of the days where, because in my day job, I'm also a health and safety auditor. And so then I'm having to do interviews of people and ask, and I'm on this side of the camera at that point, right? Where, and I'm asking the same questions over and over again, trying to make them sound interesting. <laughs> and so I have this sympathy for and empathy for my podcast hosts, where I know that I have to show up because if I don't make the show good, they can't make the show any better. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to bring my A game yeah, or the whole system collapses. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a co-creation, right? We're not doing this in a vacuum. 
Yeah, and so I I always just look for what is the unique thing of that show, right? Mm -hmm. And and how and even if it's even if it's this like a business podcast, and I've been on four that day because that's how my manager stacked them so that it's easier for me. So that I'm remembering the same talking points. I'm like, I don't remember any of the talking points, but I'm glad you think I do. <laughs> Such a ten. I shoot from the hip every time. Yeah. So, so, and but again, that's because I'm uh, I am aware of who I am. Self mastery. Mm -hmm. I know what my messaging is. My core messaging doesn't change. My core story doesn't change. I know who I am, so I can I can show up. Yeah. And and somebody else is going to deal with the structure. I just know that I have these responses, and I am not satisfied with a canned response, so yeah. I don't sit and study. Yes. But I know, yes. I you know, the same story, like if somebody was to listen, I've told the story about the going into a restaurant probably 70 times. Right. I said it differently for you, mm -hmm. but I've told that story 70 times easily at least. Mm -hmm. And, but it's different each time because it's not, I'm working it in organically or if it comes up or how it needs to be. Yeah. So I'd say self-mastery, first of all, is self-awareness. You need to know who you are. You need to know what those triggers are. And then you need to use those triggers to your advantage. You yes. need to control them versus them controlling you. You need mm -hmm. to make conscious choices versus subconscious choices. And once you can make conscious choices and you're not being driven by the subconscious, you're not driven by um, base instinct desires, but an uh, understanding that this is how I am. This is how I'm structured. I'm still going to do those things, but I'm doing them with purpose instead of by yeah. random design. That's when you have self-mastery. Mm, I love that. I love that. And that's really the core of what I teach in my work, right? Know who you are, know what you want and know why you want it. And when you have those three things, the how just naturally comes and you know what to do in that point. But I think a lot of us skip to the well, I want to make money. This used to be me. That's why I know this. I want to make a bunch of money because I'm driven by money, not happiness. <laughs> I'm a four. And I know that. So I would just jump to the how. Oh, I want to make money. So how? And I had no idea who I was. And it created so much misery and turmoil in my life. As soon as I understood who I was, what I wanted and why I wanted it. Easy peasy. There's no mountain. Yeah, no. Yeah. And that's exactly it. And it's, and I think that goes for anyone in life, regardless of what your numerology is, as you yeah. said, you know, you, you break down those three yeah. and the, the opportunities begin to present themselves, mm -hmm. especially if you're aware of them. Um, the, I, I, I read a wonderful study um, and anybody can get it. It's a free white paper now. It used to be a, a paid book, but you can get the white paper anywhere called The Luck Factor. Mm. And in it, they did a series of studies on people who felt that they were lucky mm -hmm. to see if they had any kind of um, extrasensory perception like ESP or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it ends up they don't at all. There's no difference between a person who views themselves as lucky versus a person who views themselves unlucky. But what they did find was that people who view themselves as lucky have um, larger sensory perception of opportunity. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you ever watched the show. I'm fascinated by it. I just love uh, Curse of Oak Island. Okay. Okay. Um, so the Lagina brothers and anybody who doesn't know uh, as a Canadian, I love the mystery of Oak Island. It's I, I've known about Oak Island since I was eight years old. It was one of the first books that I ever read. There was these series of um, 
uh, books in my uh, elementary library that were, you know, um, Canadian history. And so one of them was the downing of Titanic, which you wouldn't mm -hmm. think is Canadian history, except for everybody ended up in Halifax. Right. You know, just <laughs> off the coast of A lot of people don't realize where the Titanic disaster happened. That's It's like so close to Canadian waters, it's, mm -hmm. it's hurtful. Um, but and everybody ended up in Halifax and there was the uh, Halifax explosion was one of the ones that I read about. And then uh, this mystery of Oak Island where these boys found, you know, this sawed off Oak tree with a, um, an old kind of, um, I can't remember what the word is now, pulley, the uh, <laughs> old pulley hanging off the branch. And then they started digging and they found the 90 foot stone, which said 40 feet below there's 2 million pounds buried and, all this fun stuff and you're like oh, okay so fun and then once they broke through that stone the tunnel flooded and now that people have been spending over 200 years looking for this buried treasure well these guys from uh i believe they're from pennsylvania uh originally they're miners and so they've got a lot of resources behind them and they've been for the last eight seasons <laughs> eight, more than eight years, but eight seasons uh, on history, I believe. Uh, they've been televising their their run to find all this buried mm -hmm. treasure. And mm -hmm. the thing is, they haven't found any yet. Right. But they keep finding evidence of it. And what I find fascinating and why it applies to the luck factor is these guys see opportunity everywhere. <laughs> you know, when they when they don't find what they have, it's not that it isn't there. It's that it's eliminated that as the spot on this two acre island. Yeah. So they know for sure it's not there, but it could be anywhere else. And then right. they start to find these other markers. And if anybody who follows the show, the last two seasons, they've actually found a lot of evidence that is very indicative that something definitely happened on that island. And it involved a lot of money for an unknown reason. Is there still treasure on there? Who knows? But what they have found is fascinating. And that's where people who are lucky, and when you start to understand your whys, where you have this vision within mm -hmm. yourself that these are the opportunities, these are where I can go. And they just, you start to notice them. It's not that you have more or less than anyone else. No. It's that you're in such alignment that you are aware of the opportunities and how they apply to you. And you can take advantage of them because of your awareness. Yes. Oh my gosh. Totally. My clients always laugh at me. I sound like a broken record because alignment is it or awareness is everything. Yeah. Awareness is everything. So as somebody who's not motivated by money <laughs> and this conversation that we love to have at Rebel Radio around wealth, I'm curious what wealth means to you. Oh, wealth is, is abundance. Mm -hmm. You know, you are, you are wealthy when you are abundant in all areas of your life, um, mm, spiritually, yes. emotionally, financially, uh, socially, like all when, and I'm lucky cause I am incredibly wealthy. I have so much abundance in my life. Uh, I have opportunities left, right, and center. I I've got a beautiful wife who puts up with my 10 tendencies in, in an unbelievable way. She's, she's the most sympathetic and understanding woman I've ever met in my entire life. I just, I, I, I am lucky to be with somebody who I could communicate with too, where mm -hmm. we understand each other's needs and we are in alignment and understanding of where we are. And subsequently we have an incredible daughter who is smarter than the two of us combined, which is a genetic gift that I don't know that I could have ever given to anyone else. And I'm so thankful that it worked out the first time because we don't <laughs> want to do it again. And uh, you know, and I, you know, even I look around my house, 
you know, the I'm in a, I'm I'm living in a place that I want to live in. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm doing things that I want to do. And even when I'm doing 117 podcasts in 60 days, I go, how lucky am I to have done that? Was it exhausting? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But did I enjoy every one of those conversations? Absolutely. You know, so I think wealth is uh, recognizing the abundance in our lives and being abundant in all areas of our lives. And Mm. once you can recognize where you are, you are a truly, truly wealthy person. Oh, I love that so much. It's that all encompassing wealth, right? It's I've always looked at money is just a side effect of how you feel about your life and Mm -hmm. just understanding that money isn't wealth. That's a piece of it, but there's so much more to it. And I love that you bring in that well-rounded version of that. That's awesome. So what's one thing that you wish every entrepreneur knew? How to network properly. Mm. <laughs> it drives me insane that people go to networking events and uh, use it as an opportunity to uh, carpet bomb with their business card. <laughs> it just, it drives me insane. And I, I think people don't understand. First of all, they obviously don't understand what the word network is. Um, and they think that, it, again, it's this place for client acquisition. And it's not. Mm-hmm. Networking is expanding a network of growth-minded individuals who are there to see the entire network grow through cooperation versus competition. Yes. And... The people who get that are incredibly successful with networking. The people who don't carpet bomb and get ignored and their business cards end up in the trash or worse on the floor. Like, honestly, if I get that person who comes to me, I'm like, thank you. And no, (laughs) (laughs) in front of your face, this is not a business card that I need. You did not qualify me. And I, you know, and it's worse too, because a lot of people will get into industries where, well, everybody eats, so you need to buy my pizza. Mm. You don't even know what kind of pizza I like. So don't assume that I'm going to want it. It could be the greatest pizza in the world. I might not even be hungry or I might be fasting or I might be vegan or I might have a gluten intolerance or I might have a dairy intolerance. Like don't throw your pizza at me just because everybody Mm -hmm. eats doesn't mean everybody eats your pizza. Yeah. And I think when, so for me, when I go networking, I go looking for strategic partners who I can align my business with. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is clients. Every once in a while it will be, but like, even for me, I'm, you know, whether it's the safety side of my business or whether it's the speaker training side of my business, only, you know, a fraction of companies in the two, three provinces, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and BC that I can service have a core, which is a certificate of recognition. So not everybody, does everybody, should everybody have safety? Yes. Under the eyes of the law, are they all required to have these safety systems? Absolutely. Yes. Am I a solution for those people? No, (laughs) because I am very specific in what I do. And yes, they should have it. And yes, I could be, you you need a safety system. You need a safety system. You need a safety system. No, they're not going to do it. And for Mm -hmm. the public speaking, could every, statistically, 77% 77% of people will identify as having a fear of public speaking. And we've already discussed that it's BS, but whatever. <laughs> um, you don't have a fear of public speaking. So for the love of God, quit saying it. But 77% of people identify with it. 
It also has a 10% reduction in your earning potential and a 15% reduction in your ability to get a raise. So that is hampering you financially. So if you are a four and motivated by that, you should get public speaking training. Mm -hmm. But even with that statistic, only 8% of people will actually actively seek professional help to do that. Which means if I go to a networking event with 50 people, only four people would could be potential could clients be. to me. Could be. And it doesn't mean that they align with me or that I align with them. So mm -hmm. stop trying to carpet bomb. What you yeah. need to start doing is looking for strategic partners who you can build. Because if I can be a solution, if I know that, uh, you know, Cindy does this incredible business coaching and I have somebody who comes to me and goes, I, I am stuck in mindset around my business. I can go, oh, great. I'm not the solution. But if you go talk to Cindy, she has this really good process where she can get you down to the three main questions that you need to be answered before you can get to building wealth for yourself. Yeah. So let me introduce you to her. Now, I have been of service to you. You remember that I have been of service to you. I've also been of service to the person who needed the thing, and they remember that I was of service to them. So when somebody goes to them and goes, oh, I have this presentation I'm fucking terrified to do. I don't even know what to do. You can go, oh, well, you got to phone Tyler because yeah. he's the author of The Power to Speak Naked, and he's got the system that will help you, you right? Like, we yeah. we bounce each other up, and that's, that's growing the network. Mm -hmm. And when the network is communicating to itself, that's when it is it's at its most um, strength. Yeah. That's when it has its most potency because we are all using the power of the network to grow each other's businesses versus being egocentric and going, well, phew, nobody sent me any clients today. Why am I at this networking event? Why am I part of this? <laughs> about unity instead of each into his own i love that it's the community versus the competition and really just coming together as a team yeah yeah i love that tyler i could talk to you all day i feel like i just want to have you on the show again but i want to thank you for being here but as always we mm -hmm. end the show with one last question yes what do you dream of for the world well cindy I will tell you that, but before I do, I want everybody who's listening to this on every platform that they're listening to it to hit a pause. And when they hit pause, I want them to go over to whatever platform they're listening to this, whether it's iTunes or who knows what or what device. I don't care if you're Apple or Android. And I want you to give uh, Rebel Radio a five-star review. I want you to go and give Cindy uh, the props and the love that she deserves because it is hard to have a podcast go for one season, let alone many. And she puts a lot of effort into finding quality guests to come and provide value to you each day. So if you're listening to this and you're enjoying what you're hearing, you hit pause right now, give it a five-star review. And now that you're back, because you hit pause and gave it a five-star <laughs> review, now that you are back, I will tell you what I want to see for the world is more understanding through story. Mm. I think there is power in story. I think it's the way that we can view each other's worlds through different lenses because we all are living on this great blue marble together, but we view it differently. No two people view the world the same. And until we realize that, and until we can start to see 
the world through other people's eyes, through other people's lenses, through other people's biases. We can't have an understanding for what's going on. And there is some weird stuff going on in the world right now. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about it is there's some really amazing and creative solutions for the weirdness that's going on in the world right now. Yes. And a lot of it is coming through people stepping into each other's eyes, stepping into each other's viewpoints and understanding why do you feel that way? Mm. You don't have to agree with everybody. Like that's the mm -hmm. thing. And, and I think we've, we've got to a point where we've confused opinion for truth and truth mm -hmm. for fact and especially somebody like me who comes from a safety consulting background, like I, I come and do an accident investigation and I interview witnesses. One event happened. Ten different stories. On how right? It yeah. Are they all lying? No. no. They just viewed the world through different points of view, literally and metaphorically. Mm -hmm. Somebody was standing over there. Somebody was standing over there. What they saw was different. Yeah. They're not lying. And what they're telling me is their facts, but it isn't necessarily the truth of what happened. Yeah. And it's really hard until you can start separating and understanding what that language means. So uh, what I hope for the world is that we can come to more understanding and more empathy through the power of story instead of this rigid and structured belief that I have to be right. I want people to approach the world from an idea that they are absolutely 100% wrong. Mm. And I, I think if that. you started doing that, I think the world would be in a much better place. I'm yeah. wrong. What is right? And right. start to explore where that comes from. Yeah, that openness and curiosity. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for joining us for another epic episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired and you wish to help out another entrepreneur, share this episode out leave a review. And of course, if you want to know how to leverage this information, visit my website, cindyvanarnum.com and where you can discover who you are, what you want and how to get it. Thanks for joining us and I'll see you next week.